nothing. American Radio. News, opinion, and a little irreverence from both sides of the 49th parallel. This is American Uck Radio with Mike Phillip. Hey everybody, welcome back to American Hawk Radio. This is your host, Mike Phillip, coming at you live from beautiful Western Canada in what is soon to be the 51st state, Alberta. That is, you know, if a lot of people have their way, there's kind of an argument going on whether or not we should just separate from Canada and become our own independent republic out in the West or go for statehood. I'm of the opinion that statehood's the way to go because of the economic advantages that it would clearly bring. Super Don, do we have you? You have me. You had me at hello. <laughs> yes, I'm here. All right, let's not get weird here, okay? <laughs> so, hey, did you hear this story that uh, Kim Jong-un's brother got assassinated by some woman in a shopping mall that sprayed him in the face? Did you see I that? did. I did. In fact, I. it was... Uh, it was interesting how the news evolved because you right. had he got assassinated and then they got the footage and the girl that assassinated him was wearing a t-shirt that said LOL on the front of it. <laughs> right. And so people are like, oh my God, you know, what kind what, of most hilarious assassination ever. Morbid humor. Now, did you hear what they discovered about the assassination and why she was wearing that shirt? Yeah, basically, she was tricked into it, uh, is what she's claiming, that somebody had wanted her to do kind of a candid camera kind of a deal with spraying people in the face, and she had done it a few times, and then the one that uh, she... Isn't that how it went? That's exactly how it yeah. went. And how bizarre is that? I mean, what kind of thought was put into that where they were having this, uh, this you know, like you said, a candid camera. It was called Just for Laughs, I think is what it was called. <laughs> and she had gone and they'd done this two or three times and sprayed people with water and just filmed the reaction. Ha ha, look at that. They got sprayed and they got angry or they ran away or whatever. But then when it was time for them to play the joke on Kim Jong-un's brother, I don't remember what his name is, uh, Kim Jong Two, uh, <laughs> he yeah they switched it and so whatever was in the bottle was some kind of like poison chemical stuff and he died two hours later. Yeah, it took him out in like ten hours, but uh, you know at least it was uh, it was a hilarious assassination. We got a great show lined up for you today. In the first hour, we got Michaela. Uh, yeah, she's she. This woman is awesome, Michaela Brooks. She is a t- uh, anti-terror expert, <clears throat> forensics expert. She's got a long list of credentials. We're going to be talking about her uh, experience in South Africa as a cop and working with various law enforcement agencies about ISIS recruiting in Canada and also the body language between Donald Trump and Justin Trudeau at the last press conference, which she is also an expert on, and she's got some great thoughts on that. Hour two, we've got Louis Shoup, founder of the U.S. Freedom Army. Fascinating guy, and he's got some really great ideas, and I think that after the show, you're probably going to want to head over to his website and join him up, but I'll tell you what, let's launch things now. Five, four, three, two, 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 one, one, zero, zero. 
because you can't turn on a woman doesn't mean the rest of us need a drug. <laughs> you, my friend, are in deep duty. America, not radio. In your face. <laughs> Are you kidding me? (laughs) Am I dreaming? As this this is the best thing that's ever happened to US politics, I swear to God. Kid Rock versus Ted Nugent for a Senate seat in Michigan. And 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 this is just being floated around. I don't think Kid Rock is actually committed to this or anything, and I'm not sure that Ted Nugent has either. You went through the articles. What do you see in here, Don? Well, it's an interesting situation, and I'm I'm horribly uh, just terribly distraught over the idea of having to pick one or the other. Now, I don't no. live in the state of Michigan, so fortunately I won't have to. But uh, apparently there's this rumor going around, and it started off actually with uh, Kid Rock. Apparently in Michigan, they had their convention, their Republican Party uh, convention last weekend. And Kid Rock's name was floated as a, uh, a candidate to run against Debbie Stabenow's seat. She's been in, in, I think, Senate in Michigan for like 16 years now. Uh, and so after Michigan voting for Trump, they're starting to think that maybe we can get a Republican candidate in there that can kick Stabenow out of there. So his name was floated, but uh, Kid Rock hasn't actually come out and said anything about this or showing him any, any interest, but it's an interesting idea because if you know anything about Kid Rock, the guy is, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's really a class leans, act. He's a total class act. I mean, he helps out the people in the community. Um, he's a real down to earth guy. When you see the stuff that he does when he's not on the stage and even when he's on the stage, I mean, he's brought people onto the stage and kids and stuff and everything. So he's really cool. And he leans a little more libertarian than, than say Republican. So, uh, you know, I think he would have a really good chance. But again, it's just a rumor. He hasn't confirmed this. Now, moving on to Ted Nugent. <laughs> Wango's a dango. If there's anybody, if you follow Ted Nugent for any period of time, uh, he doesn't pull any punches and he's very vocal about his views on politics. And there's been a lot of controversy about a lot of the things that he said where he's told uh he told uh what was it uh hillary clinton that she could suck on his machine gun uh and you know yeah so i mean he's he's been very vocal and apparently he himself has come out and said that in fact i'll I'll read the quote here he says if these gop sons of bitches don't get it right this time i will come charging in as the ultimate we pissed off people, Mr. Fix-It, constitutional, fire-breathing, blank-kicker candidate from hell. So, uh, sounds like he's uh, at least uh, entertaining the idea. 
of, of running. So if that ended up happening, let's say in the perfect fantasy football type of situation here, if you had Ted Nugent versus Kid Rock running for Senate in Michigan, I cannot even, I mean, I would move to Michigan just to watch what happened in that situation. They should do a tour together to promote this. That would be so awesome. I would definitely go and see that. Like, I, on the one hand, I'm a little bit torn here because, uh, let's face it, Ted Nugent in public says the craziest, awesomest things. I mean, he had one of those Alex Jones moments with Pierce Morgan where, you know, I found myself cheering for the guy. He's a board member of the NRA, so he's, uh, you know, he's a big gun advocate and Second Amendment right advocate, which is uh, a big plus in my books. And he just, it, the, the, the TV clips and the news clips, if Ted Nugent was in the Senate, would, I mean, they, they would beat the <laughs> hell out of Saturday Night Live for ratings oh, number man. one. And, and, but see, Kid Rock is a little bit more reserved in public. He measures his words a little bit more carefully, whereas, uh, you know, Ted Nugent just kind of spits truth, right? He, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, well, can't, uh, you know, Ted Nugent married an underage girl, so, you know, they try to paint him out as a pedophile. And they also say that he uh, was a draft dodger. There's all these rumors going around. I just am looking forward to the entertainment value of it. Mike and Super Don on American Uck Radio. We got Michaela Brooks coming up right after this. Syntec Global XFT is a breakthrough product trusted around the world for over 20 years. Syntec Global XFT will maximize engine life and fuel economy, maximize horsepower and performance, and minimize emissions. XFT packs an incredible amount of benefits into one small concentrated dose and comes with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. That's Syntec Global XFT. Put it to the test. Head over to AmericanUpRadio.com now to get your extreme fuel treatment. That's AmericanUpRadio.com. Welcome back. We're live on American Uck Radio at the Genesis Communications Network. We've got a great guest this hour. Her name is Michaela Brooks. She hails from Romania originally. Now listen to her list of credentials. This lady is really something. MA in Intelligence Studies at the American Military University School of Security and Global Studies. BA in Offender Profiling, Community Safety and Socio-Legal Studies, University of South Africa. Criminal Investigative Analysis, Toronto Police, SCAN, or Scientific Content Analysis, Laboratory for Scientific Interrogation, three-year university training in sociocultural anthropology, forensic criminology, practical work, Pretoria Central Prison, strategic intelligence research paper, author, Muslim Brotherhood from Intelligence Perspective, where her supervisor and mentor was Dr. Paul Medhurst Mikhailo. Welcome to American Oc Radio. How are you doing there? I'm fine, thank you, and hello to everyone, and thank you for having me. 
Absolutely. Now, you reached out to me. We met through some different circles, and we got talking. And the more I learned about you, I thought, man, this this woman's got a bigger set than a lot of guys I know. (laughs) And she's a tough lady, and she's very smart. And she's got some warnings, and she's got some insights that people need to look into. Now, tell us about your journey uh, starting in Romania when you were a little girl to where you are today. Go ahead. Well, that is the irony because um, since grade six I wanted to to leave Romania. Uh, I uh, I was a child, a teenager, and also a young adult under the communist regime. So freedom of speech was uh, one of the main rights infringement in Romania. So here I am in Canada. I'm a Canadian legally immigration, of course. Uh, and here is my freedom of speech under threat again. Yeah, no doubt. You've seen this before, hey? I don't know which one is worse, though. Well, you were telling me that when you were a girl, you wanted to become a lawyer, but you couldn't because you weren't a member of the Communist Party. Is that correct? Yes, that was uh, that was one of the uh, requirements to, to be allowed to, to sit for the law exam at the university. Uh, actually, uh, in Romania, even now, I, I believe so, uh, to be admitted to, uh, to uh, at the university, you have to sit for an exam, and also you have to have some communist credential. That was the requirement then, and I wasn't allowed. I wasn't a member, and also uh, I was um, kind of blacklisted because I always said that I wanted to live that kind of regime and live in freedom. So I had to... To run away, I lived in South Africa, there I studied law, so my first dream came true. And then I fell in love with uh, with forensic, I wanted to fight crime, I wanted to be a prosecutor. The only thing was that uh, I got married to a Canadian, so I have to leave, give up everything I built in South Africa. Came here, so here I am now, kind of reliving my youth with a, with a new legislation emotions which they are coming into Canada so that is a problem but, yeah uh, well it's funny because the West was uh, in this big war against communism for so long but it seems like socialism is just creeping into every aspect of life here in North America and they're actually pretty open about it I mean they'll tell you flat out that that's what they want to achieve and so wow being a cop in South Africa I'm guessing you saw some action there South Africa was is is a gorgeous country, uh, and uh, the crime rate it was at that time when I was in the nineties and the beginning of the two thousand it was uh, the crime rate was uh, very high, and it was the ca- uh, the country itself was the rape capital of the world, which now is Sweden after the right. uh, Muslim inva- invasion, uh, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to. Uh, to join the police force. Initially, I wanted, after I finished law, I ended up working as a commercial lawyer, which for me, it was kind of boring, though financially it was great. But um, to be a prosecutor, I started to, st- uh, to learn forensic. I wanted to win my cases. So um, I wanted to start from the bottom. So that is when I started work with the police force. And the action, yes, it was there. I And it, they were the best years of my life. So coming to Canada, the first few months for me everything was boring. <laughs> I mean, no, no shooting, no, nobody to 
to follow me on the on the road. And uh, of course, I fall in love with Canada. Now I have my roots here, and uh, I feel threatened. I totally feel threatened by what is going to happen. I mean, I see tra- uh, traits from the the Communist Party with the rights of infringement, and I also see the threat uh, or the traits from South Africa, the violence coming up. So, is um, for me, it's quite stressful. I I I live those times, so I have a better understanding, let's say, than a Canadian born here, which only knows what happens or part of what happens in the world from the news media is different when you leave it. Well, and we're not taught it in school. You know what I mean? It's a, there's no, yeah, you're right. There's no memory of oppression fresh in our minds here in Canada. And a lot of people are very lackadaisical about their freedom. But I tell you what, the more they talk about, there's this M103 motion uh, with the Liberal Party where they're trying to say that, uh, you know, you can't condemn Islam or it's this motion against Islamophobia. And people are saying, hey, wait a minute, I can, uh, I'll say whatever I want. And so this might have been the best thing that could have ever happened to the freedom movement and not only that but to our american listeners i'd like to say justin trudeau does not represent me he represents me kind of like you know obama would have represented you being a conservative okay and the guy says things that are just so embarrassing on the world scene for canada we need to look forward to sunny wave. Who talks like that? I mean, seriously, that guy's close to my age, and I don't know anybody that talks like that. He is so full of it. But in all fairness, he really doesn't represent Canadians. He represents the Liberal Party, okay? He represents a party, not the citizens of Canada. And it's important to make that distinction. We all uh, are, you know, there's a lot of anger. Let's put it that way. There's a lot of people that are fed fed up with Canadian politics. And quite honestly, the conservatives haven't really been that great of an alternative. So, you know, you're left with the lesser of two evils, I guess. I mean, you know, that's and that's why there's this separatist movement rising here in the West. So uh, on the other side, we've got about a minute left here. We're going to get into some of your... Uh, profiling work. You're an expert in body language, is that correct? I'm not quite an expert, but as part of my profession was to learn uh, the nonverbal and the verbal communication to to know how to analyze not only a leader or terrorist, a criminal, or anyone for that matter, but also uh, political parties, terrorist groups, organized crime. So, Excellent. Uh, Let's get into it on the other side of this break. You're listening to Michaela and Mike and Don on American Oc Radio here on the Genesis Communications Network.
Welcome back to American Hawk Radio. We're live and we've got Michaela Brooks here with us and she is an expert in behavioral analysis in spoken and unspoken language, talking body language between people. Now last week we had Donald Trump meeting with Justin Trudeau for the first time and Michaela with the training that she has, uh, it's probably very difficult to shut your brain off when you're watching things. You're probably constantly analyzing everything that you see. With that, I'd like you to get into your observations of the uh, the hidden language between Donald Trump and Justin Trudeau. Go ahead. Thank you. And actually, allow me to call this Trumping the Trudeau is uh, the title <laughs> of Erza Levant's book. Right. From uh, Rebuild Media uh, Canada. And um, I see that I was, I, I done a research on it, and I see that Canadian and American media, they are talking about uh, how uh, Trudeau stood against Trump, which is totally a lie. First of all, um, I'm, I'm looking at the picture now, which pictures, I'm, I'm sorry, I cannot show it to the, to the audience. I send it to you. We can put it on the website. Uh, actually, the first meeting in front of the White House at the door, I'm talking about that meeting, that handshake when, when, which everyone is talking that, uh, Trudeau stood against Trump, which actually is not true. There are three phases to a meeting. One is when you recognize something, someone, sorry, and that is Trump getting out of the White House with a, a hand in a vertical position. So we are equal. That is one of the three phases of um, shaking a hand. The second one is the approach. And the first picture I'm looking at, uh, Trump is shaking Trudeau's hand, and his upper hand is, Trump has the upper hand. I'm looking at that too. And yeah, definitely, he's definitely coming down on him. That means upper hand, not to mention the left side of the photograph. Uh, politicians, they have a certain way of, uh, of sitting for pictures or shaking hands. And they knew their photograph, the media was there. So Trump was also in the favorite position. He's on the left side, how it was on, on the image. So his left hand is, uh, is in plain view. It means I have the control. And not only that, but his hand, uh, is up. Trudeau's hand is down. So I have control. Trudeau was trained in how to shake hands, how to pose for the public. Right. Or politicians actually there. So what he done, and I'm going to the next image, is grabbing Trump by, uh, give me a second, here it is, he's grabbing with his left arm, he's grabbing Trump's right, uh, sorry, Trudeau's left arm is, uh, is grabbing Trump's right arm, which shows, I mean, control. That is part of the training for politicians. What, and he invaded actually Trump's face for nobody to see who has the upper hand. But what you don't see in this picture, 
there in others. Trump has his left arm on Trudeau's white, uh, right shoulder. That means I'm in control. So, not to actually, I didn't hear anyone saying this on the on the media, but actually, that is I'm in control. Also, when Trump uh, shook Trudeau's hand, you you know his grip is very is very powerful. Not only is his personality, but his he um, he grabbed Trudeau's hand so hard that you can see the white around his Trudeau's fingernails. Going to another picture now, when Trudeau is smiling, is a smile I never, ever seen it till now uh, with him. And um, what I call it, I hate to smile, or is called, uh, in psychology, it's called the aggressive smile. It's smiling with a Showing only the bottom teeth, and also if I if I draw a vertical line from the tip of his nose, is going perfectly with his lower jaw, which I never seen it till now. No, I know so, exactly. I'm I'm looking at the picture right now too, and it's uh, kind of like a cross between a smile and almost a grimace. Uh, exactly. That is a very aggressive smile, and uh, he's trying to show that. Uh, I'm also having power, which actually doesn't. And then he's doing that when Trump is putting the uh, the left arm on his right shoulder. So he realized, okay, he got me type of thing. <laughs> Looking back okay. now into the Oval Office, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but my first impression when I've seen, when I've seen his position on the chair was like a virgin bride on the wedding night. <laughs> yeah, well, he is. He's kind of leaning over into Trump, and Trump isn't even budging like Trudeau's having to come to him uh, kind of a deal, right? Yes, and the second difference I see, and now I'm, I'm having a video, actually, uh, is from Associated Press. Uh, I compare the position of the chairs with the Prime Minister of Israel and the one from Japan, and I see that the back of the chair, Trump's back of the chair, is positioned it further from uh, Trudeau as it was with the other prime ministers. This is one. Secondly, I also, the position uh, Trudeau has on the chair, he had a similar position when he met with Obama, only that it wasn't at such a, a lower angle, actually. Uh, it's a lot to say about his resting body on the, on the armchair, but let's look at his feet, first of all. As you see, his uh, crossing legs, which shows stress, and the left leg, the left foot, is actually not on the floor. The feet are connected to the ground. You know, when we, see, when, when we say that we have the feet on the ground... Both feet planted firmly on the ground, yeah. Is, uh, the cross legs means stress. One, secondly, in, uh, as a politician, first of all, showing this uh, discomfort is not uh, is not good for him. But the left foot, not only that, is crossed, but is actually on the side. So each time a person has uh, has a foot which is not totally on the ground, 
uh, and is on the side that is uh, is showing uh, is showing me that uh, he refuses to deal with it. He's very intimidated by the the other person. He admits that Trump is the leader. Then uh, his way of sitting on the chair on the left side is similar to the one where politicians are in front of the podium. When you try to convince the audience that uh, you are sincere, that you speak from your heart, mostly you do it on the left side. Of uh, you, you lean on the, your left side on the podium a little bit. Trump that then uh, done that when he uh, spoke to the Prime Minister of Israel, and actually he was saying that we protect each other. We are very good allies. At that time, Netanyahu actually arranged his pocket, meaning my um, my treasure, my everything I have pocket. So it was a corresponding reply from each other, which we don't see with Trudeau. Also, Trudeau is holding the way how he holds his head. So at the beginning of the video, his hands, um, actually, he has crossed fingers. Right. And so his uh, upper, the right upper thumb is over the left one. Right, so the gist of it is that Trump totally dominated him in every way and body language, and not even that, that, but just the way they interacted with each other as compared to other leaders. We'll be back with Mikhail Brooks right after this. Syntec Global XFT is a breakthrough product trusted around the world for over 20 years. Syntec Global XFT will maximize engine life and fuel economy, maximize horsepower and performance, and minimize emissions. XFT packs an incredible amount of benefits into one small concentrated dose and comes with a 100 Satisfaction guarantee. That's Syntec Global. XFT. Put it to the test. Head over to AmericanUpRadio.com now to get your extreme fuel treatment. That's AmericanUpRadio.com. is exporting murder, and Calgary's a hotspot. The Canadian media has emphatically labeled Calgary as a hotbed of terrorism. We don't know how big it is. Any police officer that looks you in the eye and quotes you a number in any city is foolish. How concerned are you that more kids will come out of the community in Calgary and join ISIS? If we continue on this trajectory, you're festering an environment that is going to breed so that last voice you heard was the ex-head of the Calgary Police Service, Rick Hansen, and he was saying that they know that there are people recruiting for ISIS in Calgary. Same thing goes for Edmonton. And not only that, but our immigration minister recently came out and said that a lot of these kids, when they come here from other countries, are... Not radicalized yet, but they are in our mosques, which says to me, well, not all, not every mosque, just a few, right? But it says to me that they know who these people are and they know where they are. I don't believe that they don't know who and where they are. I don't believe that. 
Michaela, your counterterrorism training and the situation in Canada. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, ISIS recruiting in Canada. Now, they're saying that these kids are going over to Syria and Iraq to fight for ISIS. It doesn't appear that they're interested in terrorist attacks in Canada. And I believe that if they did, that would be a mistake because right now everything is going just fine for them. But let's hear your take on it. Uh, that was like few years ago. Now ISIS um, is uh, changed his, its strategy. It's not only that he wants recruiters to to join them in, in Syria, but uh, they are at the stage where now with migration, they are going to, to export uh, terrorists. Uh, not to mention those which they are homegrown already right. and which they are going to, uh, the future ones, going to be uh, radicalized here. So the, the fight more is, is going to move into our territories. Years ago, in 2010, in one of my research papers, I mentioned that Canada is having for terrorists in the way that uh, Canada uh, has lots of sleeping cells. The advantage of being a terrorist in Canada is because, and sleep in a sleeping cell, I mean, you have the advantage of getting the Canadian passport, citizenship, and you can cross so easily to the United States. That is, that was a few years ago. Even now it is. The homegrown terrorism is in both countries, not only in, in Canada. Uh, the research I done a few years ago, uh, was actually in 2015. I wanted to know how come a Western, a Westerner is choosing to die for that cause. What is about? And, uh, in, in my studies, I study Islam, I study the Arab culture, I read the Quran. So uh, my first question was why I don't feel like killing someone or blowing up someone or something. Why I don't feel like fighting against my government. So, um, my research took me actually to, to Edmonton. And that, uh, one of the videos I sent you, which, uh, now, uh, is another video. It was a mini documentary, uh, produced by Vice, uh, Vice News Canada. And, uh, Surush Alvi, I hope I pronounced correctly, interviewed the uh, Navaid Aziz. It was a, or maybe he is the imam of the 8th and 8th Musulah organization in Calgary, uh, in Alberta. So, um, why the, uh, and that is, that organization actually had five Canadian citizens which joined, uh, ISIS in Syria. Now it's not so easy to go to Syria as before. What, uh, what I found out, he referred to the purpose in life. And he speaks about, uh, in the, in his preaching, he talks about, um, Maslow, uh, hierarchy of needs. Exactly. So, right. short psychological needs, you know, food, water, sleep, then the safety needs, security, safety, belongingness, love needs, esteem needs, self actualization. And what he talks about, forget about those needs. The only need you have is the purpose in life. So if I have to cite Nabaid Aziz, he said, uh, the purpose in life, which is jihad, gives you the ambitions to stay alive. 
And he said, from the Sharia's perspective, this is the first, and then he paused, like the first thing, like being addressed. Because if you don't have a purpose in life, you don't have, you don't have need for the other purposes, you know, the muscles need. So uh, then I realized that uh, that is a, a very powerful tool to convince someone to, uh, you know, to uh, join such such groups. So I don't know what is happening in the in the mosque, what they preach. As far as I know from the Canadian media, uh, in Montreal, the imams preach about I don't know exactly which. Mosque, I'm so sorry, I apologize in advance. Well, there's a few. Yeah, uh, kill the Jews. And that, for me, is a hate crime. That should be addressed before even this Motion 103. And this Motion 103 actually created more problems, not only that divided Canadians, but Canadians that were so neutral towards all religions. For them, is radical Islam, not Islam in general. It was associated with terrorism, and it happens in other countries. Now, Canadians, they are divided. Say Islam or Muslim to a Canadian, of course, they react. Why? One uh, M103 motion. So, it, it done more, uh, created more problems than there were before. And now, in turn, this is going to affect those which they are, they are going to be very easily radicalized. So, is a big question mark for me. That is a red flag, actually. Right. Well, I mean, it was it was compared to if you had a hundred M and M's and one of them was poisonous. So go ahead and eat them and don't worry about it. But I mean, the majority of Muslims I've ever known growing up in Alberta here were not bad people at all. They were very well integrated into Canadian society, and we've had family friends that uh, were were Muslim, and they just never posed a problem. But like I said, you've got this toxic element within it that you don't. And, and let's face it, okay, you don't have Sikhs that are plotting to uh, start a holy war against Canada and the U.S. You don't see people that are Hindus looking to do that. You don't see that in Jehovah's Witnesses. You don't see that in Mormons. But there is this element of it within Islam. Even if it's very small, it's definitely there. And is actually this motion is also used as a, as a political tool at one point. Either for the liberals, either for political Islam, which if we respect all religions, when it comes to political Islam, we have we take a stand. Um, actually Canadians were pushed with this motion to take a stand. So even even on Twitter or social media, a crime takes place, a crime is committed and everyone oh yeah is a Muslim. It might not be true. Might have a, might be of a different religion. But that is the reaction you have when you put such motion in front exactly. of the Canadians, both defining and without asking their opinion. So, well, we talked um, about that last show. I mean, we had we had a sexual assault by a uh, Muslim from Syria at the West Edmonton Water Park last week, and and everybody was freaking out about that. But at the same time, the government released four pedophiles into the public. So, I mean, 
you know, <laughs> there's definitely a line where you cannot hold all Muslims accountable for the actions of a few. But why aren't the ones that aren't radicalized turning in the ones that are? Can you address that in the two minutes we've got left? Uh, some of them, they don't want to, to show their uh, true feelings. They are afraid of the other Muslims. Or uh, they don't want to get mixed into, into this politics. It's affecting them, yes. I, I don't know how to react if I'm a Muslim now. Because I want to, to be against Sharia. And at the same time, I don't want to show those which they are more orthodox to, uh, that I don't agree with you. So in a way, those, uh, normal Muslim, let's call it that way, they are in the middle attacked by, from both sides. And speaking about, uh, uh, Muslim attack, it was another Syrian in Montreal, which the media didn't mention too much about. He sexually abused and raped over 10 girls. Yeah, and, and I did hear about that. Mikhaila, thanks so much for coming on the show. We're going to bring you back, definitely. Everybody stick around. We've got Lewis Shoup, the founder of the U.S. Freedom Army, coming up after this hard break on American Oc Radio on the Genesis Communications Network. Thank you for having me.